Hey, Hertian. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Adam. Good to see you. What was your first computer? A ZX Spectrum. Wow. Which one? Um, 48, 48 comes to mind. I don't know. 48 ZX Spectrum. I have yeah, a with the rubber keys, right? With the rubber keys. Yeah, with the rubber keys, yeah. yeah. I have a T-shirt that I bought on eBay with a ZX Spectrum uh, logo on it uh, that I wear sometimes. It's, but it was just a game computer for me. I, I, I remember the, that, that the Z and the X on the keyboard were completely worn down because you had to, like, to, to, to run in a game. You had to like, move your fingers on the Z and the X keys. Uh, Daily Thompson's Decathlon and um, School Days, and there were all these games you could play on the ZX Spectrum. It was just a, a game computer to me, and um, did a, did a little bit of basic programming, but it was just just for games. Okay, and when you started programming, or did something more serious with your machine? Um, at school, I remember uh, computer science class, um, Pascal, um, basic. Uh, at, at just at high school, uh, it was a mandatory uh, class we had to take um, in the 90s in South Africa. Um, it, was, it was great. Uh, it was my, my very first introduction to programming at school. Okay. In South Africa, where, where was it? Um, in the, on the East Coast, uh, Maritzburg. I grew up there. Um, we moved there when I was uh, eight years old. And um, I lived there for 15 years and uh, studied and then uh, went back to the Netherlands. Um, but so I had a 15 year period where I was in South Africa, where I, 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 I was never really a programmer. I mean, I studied law at university there and um, I was I was completely not computer focused at all, apart from using it as a word processor. Um, and then ended up in a technical writing position when I got uh, to the Netherlands after that, those 15 years um, because I needed a job. And then it was, it was all technical writing from there for a long time and uh, gradually learning on the job, um, programming, um, and uh, gradually giving training sessions and things like that. So I don't have a formal programming background mm -hmm. uh, at all. And you enjoyed the, your time in South Africa? Definitely. I mean, it was a very interesting time, of course. It was the, was the 80s, uh, early 90s, um, end of apartheid, um, you know, f free Mandela and all that, and uh, political change. And, you know, I was part of the um, kind of uh, student, um, student groups in support of the anti-apartheid movement. So it was already an interesting political time to be in. Okay. And uh, you mentioned that you you were forced more more <laughs> you were forced to use your computer properly. So you enjoyed the experience with programming, or was it just you know uh, homework? Well, it was it was fun, and it was you know it was it was way pre Java, and mm -hmm. um, for me uh, Java came into my life really when I was um, it, you know some years after coming back to the Netherlands. Um, I'd been working as a technical writer and I had different jobs. And at some point I left the Netherlands and went to Vienna where there was Coca-Cola and they had these AS400 systems for, for doing bottling software. And I was writing documentation for this uh, AS400 stuff. And then I saw that there was an ad for a job in Prague at this at, at Sun Microsystems, uh, which I'd never heard of. Um, in Java, which I'd never heard of. And um, they, they wanted people to, to write documentation for developers using NetBeans. 
And so I moved to Prague from Vienna. And wait, wait a second. So yeah. what I understood is, so you didn't enjoy programming at school. So it was interesting, but, you know, it was not that interesting. So you studied yeah. law, right, afterwards? Yeah, right, right, then you moved exactly. back to Netherlands. Then you worked for Coca-Cola on AS400. Yeah. And then accidentally you saw Sun Microsystems ad. Yes. And exactly. then and, 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 uh, you had to write technical documentation with NetBeans about what? About Java. <laughs> ah, okay. Well, it, it really wasn't, it, it wasn't really, I mean, you know, using NetBeans, you know, it's, it's um, you know, it's getting started and installation and creating a new project. And, you know, you don't need to be a Java genius to, um, and that's the whole point of a tool like NetBeans. It's really, um, it is for people who are advanced Java developers, a tool like that, but it's also meant to be for people who are just starting. Mm-hmm. And so it's great to not have, um, you know, to have the same kind of knowledge as as those people do, because then you kind of write from that perspective. And um, and I kind of learned Java as I was, you know, uh, writing about NetBeans. And then I was introduced to the whole open source community um, uh, in about 2005 or six or something um, by Ludo, um, who many people may know, Ludo Champenois, who is now at uh, Google after mm-hmm. um, being at, at Sun a long time as well. And, and we had a nice podcast with him about uh, Google App Engine. This is uh, really, quite a character. Yeah, yeah. yeah, at, yeah, yeah, yeah he was really yeah. the. He was the first person that said to me, like, I mean, I was just writing technical documentation about NetBeans, and there was a great team of writers um, working in Prague. Um, on that means all these um, um, expats, basically a uh, group of five or six people. And I'm still working with, uh, with uh, the guy who hired me at uh, John Ceccarelli, who's now at Azul. Um, he was the um, mm. product manager for, um, for Azul prime, which used to be called Zing. And he's the, uh, he's, he's leading that um, um, PM role. So, um, yeah, so he actually, he hired me um, in, um, in Prague. And um, so I was working there and um, kind of learned on the job. And then um, uh, Ludo um, came over because he was on a team writing uh, the Glassfish integration with NetBeans. And that, mm-hmm. was, that was all done in, um, in the Sun office in the, in the US. And they came over and he saw how enthusiastic I was. And he said, uh, oh, you should really come over and talk at Java 1. And, um, you know, when a second. When you joined Sun, when was it? Which year? Uh, 2004 5, I think. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know the, the story about Ludo and me? You heard it? No? Uh, really? No. What's, what's no. the story? So, um, so actually, um, uh, Ludo, there was a Birds of Feather. It was like a Java 1, late yeah. Java 1 session with Glassfish and I waited uh, because I knew that uh, Ludo is a Glassfish committer and um, what I wanted to have is like you know monitoring so more observability for Java E because I, I run this stuff in production I wanted to see what's going on so I say hey Ludo what do we need this account of a rest a kind of a rest API and so we can you know programmatically get the insights what the application is doing mm. and he said yes and then I met him again it's so like three three weeks later and it was done and I say, Ludo, this is incredible. Uh, three weeks, like, yeah, I was on vacations. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he hacked us down on vacations and it worked perfectly. And this was actually nicely done. And I used that a lot. And even the, I think my Lightfish was like the observability solution was also based on that, on, on his vacations. So this was actually, Ludo, uh, Ludo is uh, incredible. And he's really nice. He, mm. We always had fun with him. This is what I like, you know, uh, great sense of humor. Mm-hmm. There are so many people that, that we know over the last 20 years or so that mm-hmm. you've kind of grown up with in the meantime in, in the community. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And uh, why I ask, because I tell you the story how I met you the first time. So this was uh, maybe 2007, so it was three, three years later. So go mm. on with Ludo and your enthusiasm and son. So what happened then? Well, I mean, you know, then you kind of came into the picture as well, because I met uh, Tony Epler at uh, NetBeans Day in, in Munich. And then... Um, uh, this was later, way later. Well, it's not... It, it seems around about the same time. It was a couple of years later, um, definitely. You know, it was, and then um, you as well. We, we used to go and travel around to different uh, universities and colleges and jugs together. I, I remember Poland. Um, that that trip in Poland. Yeah, this is this this will this was uh, five years later. So what I can okay. tell you is, uh, <laughs> I think it was one of the first Java ones because what happened at Java One Monday was the NetBeans Community Day. Yeah, right. And um, so I joined. Um, and what I remember, you were jet lagged there, and there was like you know, there there was like a um, how to call it, not a session. There were kind of a session, but you were not on stage. You were on the floor, so you were on the floor, and there were lots of people around you, and um, and everyone said, "Hey, look, this is Hetian. This is like you know," and and you did something cool with NetBeans. I forgot what, but you introduced something really cool, like you know, transparent windows or whatever. So something, mm. some crazy stuff. And um, I remember you just from the blogs because I read, you know, the Sun uh, blogs and and Java blogs back then, and you did uh, lots of cool stuff with NetBeans, and yeah. uh, this is why I met you the first time. But we we didn't met actually. You didn't knew me. I just uh, you know attended your session, and I was yeah. really uh, so okay. This is the Heltian, and and everyone said, hey, look, this is Heltian. This is well, no. Like, the same level like James Gosling, what I remember back then. You know, everyone was really excited about the Heritian. And, and this was funny because I wanted to know to know um, what you did at Sun back then. So you started to work for Sun US or from Sun Netherlands? Well, actually, so we, we're talking now about the time between when I met Ludo and when yeah. we were in Poland together, right? In, yeah, between us. Poland between comes that. later because we need more time for Poland. This is uh, crazy. <laughs> but some, a similar story happened uh, in Poland a few um, a few years ago. So I have to tell you this. But um, okay, I was working for uh, Sun in Prague. I was I was an employee in Prague because um, all of NetBeans was developed in Prague, except okay. for Ludo and, and Vince, um, who were in the in the US. But all, all development was in Prague because that's where NetBeans comes from. So I, I just uh, took the train from Vienna to Prague and I had a job interview and uh, basically got drunk with, <laughs> with John Ciaccarelli and his friends and uh, mm -hmm. we, went bowl we went bowling and I slept on his couch and it was an amazing, uh, <laughs> it was an amazing interview with him. And then, <laughs> I can't remember. This I can imagine. <laughs> so you, you passed the interview, I guess, right? So. I did pass the interview. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, but anyway, so um, um, then, yeah, I joined and I just learned on the job. And, um, yeah, I don't remember those. Uh, yeah, then, okay, this is the thing. So I started blogging. That's the thing. So as I, as I was learning about NetBeans, I started blogging. And, um, um, and I think a lot of people read my blog. And it was, mm -hmm. it was written very naively. It was, it was written without any knowledge about anything. Um, and that's maybe the best way to start because then you can kind of track your learning curve and people can follow your learning curve because they start at the same place. I remember being very excited about Ant, um, Ant integration into NetBeans that I, I could see all the nodes, uh, all the targets in an Ant script and then I could run each of them and I could hook up those Ant uh, targets into menu items in NetBeans and, you know, it's all really trivial things when you think about it um, in retrospect. But at the time, I was very excited about you know, every new feature I would discover. I'd be very excited, and then I would write a new blog, and I pretty much wrote a blog a day. 
And it was never uh, very infrequently very amazing, but it was all like things I was learning. And so then a lot of people started reading that blog. And um, I think um, that that became quite useful. And I'm, I'm really sad that actually Oracle destroyed my blog after I left. Um, uh, oh, really? Uh, this was my question. Yeah. There is nothing yeah. left? No. I, got an, I, I mean, it, it's sad in a way because Oracle could have thought, well, there's so much historical information around Java because exactly. it, was, you know, it, it was really valuable Java information. But, uh, you know, so the, the guy I was working with uh, reached out to me um, and said, hey, we're looking at your blog and we're going to kill it. And is there any reason to keep it? And, you know, is there anything JavaScript related? And I said, yeah, there is JavaScript content. So I had to justify keeping my blog alive at Oracle um, after I left, not based on whether there was Java content, but based on whether there was JavaScript content. And I think my JavaScript content wasn't convincing enough. And so uh, they just killed it. And it was just like 10 years or more of amazing or not so yeah. amazing, but, you know, interesting, interesting discoveries in there that could have been useful. And um, back then, uh, the Sun employees were encouraged or maybe even forced to write blogs. So what I remember is everyone wrote, had a blog, and I really enjoyed that because, you know, mm. there were perspectives from different Sun engineers and, yes, yes, uh, exactly. and there were no, yeah. they were on the road. And there was, I, I remember one engineer blog, there was like, you know, a beautiful image from, from, from underground or subway. So there was very creative period. Yeah. yeah. And uh, even, I, I forgot, this was Mike. I forgot his name. There was one guy who who did, you know, the uh, the uh, transition from Sun to Oracle, oh. and then he stopped working uh, for uh, for for one year, and 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 I think he picked his bicycle and drove uh, across US, and he described everything what he did, you know. Tim, Tim Budrow, wasn't it? No, Tim, no Tim. This was Mike something. Uh, we uh, we didn't knew him. This was high manager at Sun. But um, there was a lots of you no know, lots of really interesting and uh, and curious and a lot of fun blogs which I really enjoyed the period. So this is why I read everything from Sun, because you know I was uh, I had to travel. I had to, to you know to, to, to wait for I don't know for airplane or whatever. So I had to, yeah. you know, on my mobile phone. It's okay. This is this and this and I just read this. It was lots of interesting uh, information. Even you know the grizzly guy. Who, who blocked about glassfish from from Canada with the grizzly bear and was lots of crazy stuff, you know. So what, what I remember. And also, um, um, do you remember Roman Strobel? Yeah, Ro this is what I. He was crazy. He, I think he was like you know two million flight miles. He used miles. to blog a lot. He was he yeah. was he was amazing. He was very enthusiastic, and always at conferences. He was always there and he was always excited and and he was a very inspiring uh, guy for me, really. Um, and and I remember this one time that we went to a conference. It was probably Java One. And he um, he went to the so so there was the, the NetBeans booth and then there was the Eclipse booth somewhere, and he went to the Eclipse booth and he ch he changed all their folders and flyers from Eclipse to NetBeans, <laughs> and, it, and it was like an amazing and it ended up being this incredibly uh, like that they, they didn't understand this was a joke you know it was taken very seriously, mm -hmm. and and he was he was seriously reprimanded by all kinds of people and you know it was almost like. You know, Eclipse people were saying, well, you know, he really should be sued or, you know, he should have been arrested and taken But, but away. he was really a fun guy, right? So this is that <laughs> you cannot take, you know, Roman seriously. He, he was really fun and, exactly. and really dedicated. He was crazy. So he was like a block machine. So, but um, what's interesting, you know, we have a chat about that. And, and my first perspective is just reading your blogs and Roman blogs without knowing you. And mm. the impact was huge because the mm. impression is like, you know, the entire marketing department is blogging like crazy. So yeah. what's interesting is how little effort is actually necessary, you know, 
to, to mm. have an impact because you know your blogs and and romans they were like you know uh, uh, back then crazy and and everyone knows you since yeah. still because yeah. of your blogs back then that's right yeah it's true i'd forgotten yeah. about that i'd forgotten about that but it, and also if you do something over a very long period of time like every single day um then it it's inevitable it has to have an impact um yeah so it and it's and it it and it becomes something that you want to keep on doing just to sustain that uh, that pattern. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you get accustomed to writing, and 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 uh, yeah, and you think about this, and and you you become more and more efficient, right? It's also a trick yeah. if you would like yeah. to, to to be more efficient with documentation and writing. Just write every day a little, and and you you, yeah. you get better. But, but also, it, it helps if you have a, a visual graphic tool like NetBeans. I mean, you know, you just you, you make a few screenshots, you stick it into your blog, and. Yeah, you know, around some new insight or something, and then at some point, I really started learning the APIs, and that that ended up another thing which was great back then. What yeah. I remember is, you know, um, there were releases, and I started with NetBeans. I would say five, which was before five. I, I didn't like NetBeans. Five was my first you no know, NetBeans attempt to to, to to where I use it in production, and six was great release, and where I really enjoyed all the RC releases because someone created the the. Um, not screenshots, you know the uh, the preview screens. How it's called if it's loads the load screen. How it's you know uh, how, splash screen. Splash screen, right? screen exactly. Yeah. I forgot about this splash okay. screen. <laughs> and they were really the art. I really enjoyed. So every release candidate was a different splash screen. Who did these splash okay. screens, by the way? You know it? Uh, yes, I probably do. Uh, Leos uh, Tronicek. Um, ah, he's he's an amazing graphic uh, designer in Prague. He was, he was on the NetBeans team. Yeah. So uh, back then, I what I did, I blocked, you know, uh, NetBeans RC is there with this splash screen. This was my, and, and everyone enjoyed that. So this was actually a really fun time. And what I enjoyed by, still enjoy by NetBeans is uh, how integrated it is actually, right? Yeah, so absolutely. you download everything and everything yeah. is there and and um, and, and you, can, you, can, you can be productive on the one. Okay, so yeah. you work for Prague and then in one point of time, you become a huge you know, proponent of um, RCP. Yes, I know. Yes, I know. And I found that much more interesting because at some point, okay, you've kind of learned um, how how the um, kind of the kind of the default reference implementation of the API works. And NetBeans IDE, you could see as the as the reference implementation of its API. Yeah. And so then then I learned about this API, and I discovered that there were all these companies who were using that API for their own desktop applications. Mm -hmm. And I ended up um, putting together a certification program, um, which had you know mixed results, but it was there. And you know I traveled a lot to companies um, and really interesting places, you know finance, um, oil, um, you know all over the world. I was in Texas a bunch of times. Um, I was in Norway at this um, at, at this uh, kind of oil platform. I wasn't on the oil platform, but they were mm -hmm. creating training. A training system for um, for the people who go on boats to the to the oil platform, and they could monitor these people from the oil platform on land on the system that was on the desktop in Swing on top of the NetNews platform, and so there were all these really interesting uh, use cases and different companies that I visited and training courses that I gave and. Um, yeah, it was, I just found the API fascinating. Um, and then from that, I started um, learning about APIs in general. And I've been doing a lot of documentation work um, since that time on other projects using APIs. And I think APIs themselves and REST um, endpoints in general have become much much more popular in the sense of, you know, you have the, the, 
the headless um, headless SaaS platform alternatives um, that are that are out there. Um, and so, basically, from that API um, starting point in NetBeans, I've really branched out um, to learning about other APIs, like in 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 banking, kind of in the fintech uh, world, you have all these uh, payment APIs. So um, the whole API concept, I mean, and of course that wasn't REST, those weren't REST endpoints, those were APIs in a desktop platform, modular, and also the modular architecture. I really loved um, the the whole, and still, um, you know, the the whole Yaroslav Tulach um, um, and, and, and the core team, the whole modular architecture, the whole design of the internals of NetBeans, which made it possible for us to move it to Apache, if it had been a monolithic system, we would never have been able to uh, to, to transition from Oracle to Apache. It would have been dead. Um, it's the modularity that enabled us to move in stages from Oracle to Apache. So um, it, it's it, yeah, I've, I've just enjoyed the whole process. And now in Apache, I think we're doing great. Um, you know, we, we're still getting the pieces together. We're still not in a perfect place. Maybe we'll never be there, but it's it's working out quite well. Um, how I, um, I I had some uh, interviews with uh, or at the podcast. There was uh, Victor Orozco, for instance. He was also I don't know whether you know him. He's uh, from um, he he won the Duke Adventures Java one, and he started actually with NetBeans RCP. And then uh, Ken Fogel also mentioned you and yes. uh, AXFM podcast. I go, okay, we have to talk because uh, there, we had some you know uh, shared history, and um, so. Um, Let's, just one second. Let's go back to Ken Fogel. So, the way I know Ken is because the idea, one idea that we had in NetBeans was we needed to set up NetBeans in education, and we wanted to reach out to professors and um, people at universities and and have some kind of exchange of information between lecturers, you know, between mm-hmm. professors. Mm-hmm. So, like um, training material from one university. Mm-hmm. Make it available to another university or another college, because they're all training people to use NetBeans, right? Mm-hmm. Um, among other things, they have the initial like when when they're giving their Java courses at universities and colleges, and they're using NetBeans. They're all at least doing a couple of things that are exactly the same. They're showing mm-hmm. students how to get started with NetBeans, and so all these different colleges and professors and whatever have these um, initial slides and training materials for getting started at least, I mean, mm-hmm. and then getting further with it. But, and so the idea was, let's have them exchange information. And it worked to some extent, but I mean, there were never more than five or six people in the world who were, <laughs> who were interested in this at all. And Ken Fogel was one of them. But I was always surprised at, at how little enthusiasm there sometimes is. I mean, this is one example, but how little enthusiasm there sometimes is um, for getting involved in some kind of community-oriented work. You know, why wouldn't people want to share information with each other when you offer a platform for them to do that? It's 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 surprising. I mean, also like so now in the context of you know, I mean, NetBeans itself, there are so many people who are using the RCP, who are using the APIs, right? In 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 banks, in in whatever fintech, whatever whatever they are, they're using NetBeans. As, as a platform for their own stuff. So, and they would like NetBeans to be better. So why don't they contribute to the NetBeans project? I had thought that once we had moved to Apache, we would have an, an avenue um, via Apache for people to get, to be able to provide code. Because when, once, when we were in Oracle, people said, yeah, well, Oracle should fix that bug, right? This is a project that belongs to Oracle. There's a problem with NetBeans, 
Oracle has enough developers. It was never enough developers, but theoretically, Oracle should have enough developers to fix this bug. Now that we're in Apache, I would have thought that developers out there who, who know about the APIs, who have been using the APIs themselves, would be contributing code to NetBeans. But it's still the, basically the same group. It's grown slightly larger. There are more people involved. Um, but I would have expected a flood at some point, maybe it's still coming, of code um, from, you know, but at the same time, these, these corporate organizations, banks and whatever, are not that keen to share code with open source projects. So that continues to be the problem, I think. Yeah, um, I can, for instance, uh, give you an, another example where um, so I contributed, I'm contributing some code, uh, uh, not to NetBeans, to other projects because they were uh, related to my work. But this is like, you know, there's one project I'm working right now. So I contribute, you know, two commits and then it shifts completely to different projects. So, I comp so there is no, for me, not enough time even to focus on one thing. So it's like, you know, crazy world for mm -hmm. me. And if I would stick, you know, more time with NetBeans, then of course it is worth because... Um, why I would contribute is, you know, to make my future better. Because if I fix the bugs and that means I can, I you know, I don't have to fork it. I can use it. But uh, the the uh, I would say the entry uh, for me, you know, is somehow high. If I don't have an Eclipse RCP project set up, I will yeah. at least need, you know, two hours to 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 you know to understand how to contribute. And uh, I think this is only interesting if you if I would create, you know, a standalone plugin or uh, I have a concrete yeah. problem, something like this, then, of course. And um, um, what also happens, you know, is this is maybe like, uh, how to call it, um, fashion-driven development, right? So mm. Java is not fashionable these days. So, mm. uh, and they say, okay, I would rather contribute to, I don't know, React or whatever is uh, fashionable these days. React also not more Svelte or whatever. And... Um, and uh, because uh, back then, what I remember, I had a nonsensical, you know, post about some server I just tried. And I got lots of requests. Can we help you with this? It didn't make any sense. Like, why would you like to help me with this from all over the, the place? Because back then, you know, the servers were fashionable. Everyone, want, uh, everyone wanted to contribute. So I would say yeah. for Eclipse RCP, com uh, Eclipse NetBeans RCP companies, actually, they have to contribute because yeah. with the contribution... Um, it is cheaper for them because uh, the maintenance happens elsewhere. You know, you have the entire platform. It is uh, tested by the entire community. So the incentive of contribution is actually uh, yeah. lowering the maintenance costs. Yeah, and I, completely, I completely agree. And but you know, I, I, and you know, on, on the one hand, there's a couple of factors as well that, for example, you know, the, a lot of these um, NetBeans platform-based projects are more or less in maintenance mode in in many companies and. There's more or less two or three people working on them anyway, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, and those kinds of projects tend to be developed up by people doing nine to five work rather than super strong open source contributors. But um, I would, I mean, I, I want to make this a, a broader point rather not netting specific, but why do people not um, contribute as much as they could? Um, and, and I think there are two things, you know, two projects in general. I think there are two things. I think each project um, that wants contribution should have a, a list of about 20 very easy to fix bugs. Yeah. And the second thing is, I think every large organization making use of open source projects, like, like the Boeings and the Airbuses and et cetera, they should, they, they should have you know, morally and ethically 
an internal open source division. Yeah, you are right. But this is uh, ethics. I would say it should be also be you know cool that the developers become visible. The question is yeah, no, yeah, how, exactly. how Apache can do this, right? So they, they yeah. put it on the resume or somewhere it's like, okay, I contributed to an Apache. I'm now Apache committer. It should be also you know, some, some coolness factor associated yeah. with it, I would say. Yeah, but but also that that the, these companies and and it's not just morally and ethically, but exactly as you're saying, um, to to lower the cost of maintenance, um, large organizations with thousands of developers really should have a division, and not just random people. Because I mean, I know all kinds of companies where there's like this random Java champion on their own, um, you know, there's this random not not Java champion in the sense of Java you know, official Java champion, but there's somebody championing Java. But what, what every large organization with thousands of developers should have for their own health is an internal division de um, devoted to open source development. Yeah, and, and the justification, because you have to justify this for, to management. Yeah, My justific justification would be hiring process. So if we contribute yeah. to open source, you know, then everyone sees that I committed yes. something. And uh, if someone contributes, we can hire him immediately. Uh, her or him, of course, because why? Because it's already, you know, we, we see, you know, the, the, the quality of the code and, and, and we can just, you know, without any risk, hire someone. And even you, the work you did but, with but the blogging, also, whatever, this was somehow also open source related because you can blog about something. So if you have an open source department at a company, yeah. and it's easier, you know, to, to write yeah. articles to be, be visible and which is a, a, a very cheap marketing tool, I would say. So I'm completely with you. But uh, maybe we should do this yeah, now but, in a, in, a in a subsequent episode because I would really like to cover our yeah. crazy ride through Poland. Yeah, no, wait, I, I, want, I want to make one point on this as well because all these companies are competing for developers. Yeah. Every company is competing for developers. So this is the way to compete for them, to say, um, come work for us. We have an open source division where um, one day a week, um, you know, the Google thing, um, you can work on an open source project and that will make the company more attractive because if you join a company and they only work on corporate specific um, internal stuff, mm -hmm. then the things that you learn are very limited to those specific corporate things, right? Mm -hmm. But if, if, you, if they were to say, look, for one day a week, you can work on open source projects. We have a division, we have people to support you, we have training courses for open source projects, whatever, that makes the company more attractive for developers to go to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, I see this. And uh, by the way, um, I'm using now Visual Studio Code more than AdBeans with a simple, simple explanation. So what yeah. happens to me, I need, you know, uh, a lots of editing, you know, uh, YAMLs, XML, whatever. So I fire up, you know, 20 Visual Studio Codes and, and close them. And um, but um, I, on my to-do list, I would like, you know, to, to test the newest NetBeans because I'm really curious. And what I noticed, NetBeans is crazy fast. Oh. So I'm using a Visual Studio Code. And it is a little bit laggy always. So it is fast enough, but a little bit laggy. And I and I um, fire up NetBeans just for fun with Maven, and the responsiveness was crazy. So to the audience, just try it. So and I will try it again, and we'll use it in some projects. The problem right now is I'm working too many concurrent projects. So I have you know opened you know several windows, but if I would work on one project a little bit longer, I will use NetBeans for sure. I mean. You know the 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 NetBeans the the Maven integration is still unbeatable. I would say yeah. what I do with Visual Studio Code a lot. If you watch me, I'm you know open the terminal and do the Maven from command line and just use the Visual Studio Code as an editor. In NetBeans, I always use you know the build NetBeans button because yeah. it was the you know the standard Maven build behind the scenes. So I knew actually what what NetBeans is using is a stock Maven. There is no magic behind the scenes, and um, 
and it was beautifully synced with the editor. In Visual Studio Code, it's like um, somehow, you know, you have to wait until Eclipse starts behind the scenes, but it's good enough. So um, to the audience, uh, just, you know, you should still try NetBeans. If you are stick longer in a NetBeans, in a, in a Maven project, it is really, really worth. And um, one quick tip as well is that very recently, uh, here's a sign of, 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 of the opposite to what I was saying. Somebody contributed very recently um, a plugin for Markdown for NetBeans. Oh, cool! And the idea would be ultimately that this is integrated into the uh, NetBeans uh, source code. But right now it's a plugin, um, and it's somebody completely external to the usual suspects. And of course, it's not so exciting to say there's support for Markdown because everyone supports Markdown. Mm -hmm. um, but NetBeans didn't support Markdown, so if you're using Markdown, um, this, it's got a you know a GUI and mm -hmm. a things are synced and there's code completion and things like that for Markdown. Okay. Uh, now, what was the re reaction from Sun Microsystems to your work? Were you somehow recognized or was it the, I know, your re uh, rebel, uh, rebel, you know, activities? So or was it like, you know, they really valued your work for, with NetBeans or you just... I, I don't know. Um, it's, it's, I can't remember exactly, but I mean, it's just something I did and... And sometimes I was pretty critical. Um, I, I remember um, um, JSR two ninety six. Do you remember? Ah, JSR? yeah. This was uh, two ninety five was binding, and the two ninety six was Swing application yes. app, right? Yes, Swing application framework. So, yeah. so, 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 me on my own, I working within Sun started this. On I'm not sure if I started, but I, I, I was very upset about JSR two ninety six. Um, and, and which was developed by people at Sun, you know, mm -hmm. um, um, Josh Marinacci, uh, other people. Um, and so, I mean, it didn't make sense to me because we already had a, a Swing application framework, which was the NetMeans platform. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I, I'm pretty sure people were not very happy with me in Sun. So, I mean, I use my blog to be critical about Sun as well. And uh, it was partly possible because I didn't do the, I wasn't blogging officially. Mm -hmm. I was just doing it on my own, and I, I just wrote things from my own opinion. Um, but, um, yeah, so I'm not sure if it was always appreciated, uh, what I was doing. Um, okay. But I think, I think in, it, it, it benefited some. It was a, a big benefit to some to have people from inside um, blogging honestly and openly about their opinions, even critical ones. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And then uh, Oracle happened. Oracle happened, right? So Sun was bought by Oracle. And what I remember, you, st you still was the huge proponent of NetBeans. Uh, this was what yeah. I really valued. Like, okay, this is really interesting. You in, you organized in Oracle Netherlands, you know, NetBeans days. I remember, which was really well attended by everyone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it was. Uh, so this I say, okay, interesting. Yeah, I remember Oracle. I remember the NetBeans days at Oracle Netherlands, and there were other people from Oracle were hanging around f having a coffee or whatever. And they and they, and they looked at me and they said, "Wow, these these are developers. Like they had never seen developers before." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this was a, a really great cafeteria in Oracle Netherlands. So yeah, I, I always you know, bought the coffee there. So it was really it was it was perfect. So I really enjoyed the entire experience there. Yeah, I, I think uh, it was just really interesting because I mean, Oracle has this Oracle user group um, concept, right? All these Oracle user groups around the world. And they're all doing Oracle things, and uh, and and none of it was really. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the the ten years or so I spent at Oracle. It was a really interesting time, and um, you know, I, I spent a lot of time 
pretending Oracle loves NetBeans <laughs> mm-hmm. in, in the hope that Oracle would love NetBeans. I, I kept on saying, yes, Oracle is very enthusiastic about NetBeans because I, I was constantly hoping that it would happen, that Oracle would be. And, and to some extent, it worked out because um, um, JDeveloper ended up um, being bootstrapped by NetBeans. So mm-hmm. parts of NetBeans are built into JDeveloper. Um, and also, there were all kinds of projects that were uh, that were started um, that were based on or tangential to NetBeans. But mm-hmm. NetBeans, as such, never really worked out in Oracle, and I'm really sad because um, I kept on hoping that they would see the value of having a development environment that everyone embraced. Because JDeveloper is not widely embraced outside the Oracle ecosystem; it's just used by people doing things with Oracle. Like if you're not doing anything with Oracle, you will never touch data developer. NetBeans was an opportunity for Oracle to reach out to the broader Java community and beyond. And in the end, there were just so few people working on it. And then the adoption declined um, in the community. And then Oracle said, well, there are not that many people using NetBeans. Um, What should we do? And then I said, well, it could be because we as Oracle have decided that we shouldn't be investing very much in NetBeans. No. So, you know, oh, we, we moved all the developers to other places because we said, well, these developers are very smart. So this is the thing. So Oracle takes over some, um, gets these fantastic developers um, working on NetBeans. And then basically Oracle said, um, these are too smart developers to be working on something from which we earn no money. So we need to attach these people to projects that are more relevant to us. It's very logical. It's not a big secret. It's clear. This is what happened. And then gradually there were very few people left working on NetBeans and bugs couldn't get fixed really. And features, you know, NetBeans started lagging behind um, IntelliJ because we just couldn't keep up because IntelliJ was commercially supported and NetBeans was supported by like a handful of random people whenever there was a new release. Um, And so um, it was, you know, but it was a good thing. Oracle could have said, we are stopping NetBeans. Mm -hmm. You know, NetBeans, whatever is the final release, this is the end. But instead, Oracle invested in transitioning NetBeans to Apache, which was a very expensive process. What I have to say, right? Oracle was actually uh, behaved better than expected with everything. Yeah. So, I mean, Uh, with Java, with NetBeans, they, they, they try not to kill too much, I would say. And yeah. uh, uh, Open Solaris maybe is, was not that fortunate. Well, but... I mean, I think I, th- I think Oracle identified that there were a couple of people like myself who would be able to, um, and also my management. I wasn't working on NetBeans anymore officially. I was working on JavaScript this uh, toolkit, uh, Oracle JavaScript uh, toolkit. Mm-hmm. And my manager JB Brock was very kind, and he gave me lots of time to work on this transition process. And there were people and Dalibor um, from um, from the Oracle side was involved in vetting the code and you know we had to do all kinds of copyright checks we had to do and and there were oracle lawyers involved you know a lot of time was spent by oracle lawyers a lot of time was spent by dalibor who could be working on other things on open jdk um yaroslav tulach there was a team in do NetBeans you know that, that dalibor worked. actually uh, uh in one point of time created his own jvm you know it really yeah coffee i did not know it. this is how i met dalibor topic i think this is this is what what you know right? dalibor right yeah yeah um, he didn't work for Sun back then or for Oracle. And I used Cafe in 2000. This was like a German implementation of virtual machine for embedded. And I blogged about that and uh, Dalibor commented. So this was uh, this was actually, uh, this, he's a really, you know, technical guy. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
No, but he was wonderful. I mean, he, it was a horrible, horrible process of about three or four years um, of uh, checking, like, every line of code had to be, uh, I mean... But you're a lawyer, so you had a good experience. Too. You had a good connection to the lawyers, right? That's right, that's right. But, like, you're completely correct. But um, so, like, this is, it reminded me, again, of why I didn't become a lawyer. Okay, <laughs> because, okay. Because every, this, this, is the, this is the key thing. Every line of code that Oracle donated to Apache, and the same thing with Glassfish to, to Eclipse Foundation, every line of code, I mean, Eclipse uh, 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 people, Eclipse, uh, the, the, the Glassfish people in Oracle consulted with the NetBeans people in Oracle after we had made our transition, because they had to do the same thing when they moved to Eclipse with Glassfish. Mm -hmm. So every line of code that Oracle donated to Apache had to be written by somebody from Oracle. And, and it turned out there was lots of copy-pasted code from random places, you know, okay. and like, like reused code. It, it would say in there, I found this code on this blog by somebody. Um, but, but there wasn't a lot of this, but there were some places or found on Stack Overflow, this little algorithm that, that, okay. that was pasted into NetBeans somewhere. And then we would have to find this person and ask them for permission. And if we couldn't get permission, we would have to read. And, and that was like code from like 20 years ago, right? And also there were like, we had these algorithms that were checking whether the code that we thought was really by Oracle or by Sun, if it was by Sun, it was by Oracle because Oracle bought Sun, that's okay. Um, but if those people had left in the meantime, if they had worked for Sun and left Sun before Oracle acquired Sun, we would have to check with them if we could donate their code, really, if they were sure. Because we we didn't want um, Oracle to mission impossible almost right. I mean, it's well, crazy. And also all the images, all the images. So for example, um, you know, there's uh, in the NetInst toolbar there are buttons for opening the Google Chrome browser, the Chrome browser, and and on the button there is this um, Google logo, mm -hmm. and Oracle was somehow using it without a problem, but Oracle can't donate that logo to Apache because it doesn't belong to Oracle. Yeah, so it's it's Google's logo. So we had to yeah. remove all these logos and images, and so it, it took. And we, but because it was modular, we could do this. So we could say we will start with the platform. We will donate the platform first. But actually, this is kudos to Oracle somehow because you know they founded the entire process. And uh, yeah, yeah I mean, this is incredible. So I mean, it's incredible. yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible that we did this. I can't. I mean, if I had known in the beginning how difficult it would be. And how long it would take, and how frustrating. And I would have said, "Let's just kill NetBeans." I, I would have, if I had known. But if I had known that would that that it was a finite process at the same time, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like in the middle, you don't know. In the middle, yeah. you think this is going to go on forever, and we have to stop at some point because, and we still haven't. It's not hundred percent complete because there are some C plus plus things that that no one understands anymore. So there's mm -hmm. also, like, everyone has left this traditional story. Everyone has left, and now we're donating this, and no one really understands it, and there are sequences that we have to rewrite that no one can rewrite. But after this podcast, there will be, you know, a, a whole queue of developers who would like to rewrite the old C++, C++ code, you know? Well, I mean, I, I did, yeah, maybe. But, yeah, I did a <laughs> session. I, I did, uh, there's a session on YouTube. Um, that I did at the Apache uh, at a, a Apache uh, conference. It's called "How to Move Your um, Corporate Project to Apache" or something. Or ten ten steps, uh, ten lessons 
Um, about um, and kill it it's, before it's, the, first, the the last two is kill it before it happens, right? This was the last. Yeah, well, it's it's a very sad it's a sad uh, process. It's a very sad uh, session because <laughs> it's, all, it's it's all about it's very sad because it's every lesson is like, like one of the lessons is be aware that like in 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 a in a process like this in a donation process from a corporate to like Apache or whatever. There's always like one VP. Mm -hmm. who enables this, right? Mm -hmm. So like in Oracle, there was this amazing VP, Bill Pataki. Mm -hmm. And without, without Bill Pataki, this would not have happened. So Bill Pataki um, is a VP in Oracle who said, we should, we should go for this. You know? And he, com he convinced um, the guy who went to Google, um, the main guy at Google now. Um, mm -hmm. um, 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 so he convinced him we should do this. But, but in the meantime, he left, right? So this took... This process of, of transition in two years. <laughs> so in the meantime, the corporate sponsor of the process left, and then at some point you need to get someone to sign a a contract that mm -hmm. actually hands over the code to Apache. But there's no one left in Oracle who remembers mm -hmm. that we were working on this process, yeah. and so <laughs> no one owns this process anymore. Mm -hmm. So so that's like one of the lessons that I have in this. Do you remember me? An old enterprise project. <laughs> and one guy got the assignment to evaluate Corba. And, uh, and uh, we moved on. And in one point of time, we asked what the guy is actually doing. And the guy, in one time, you know, he set up a meeting and wanted, you know, to, to present his results with the Corba. And then, you know, the management said, okay, uh, it's interesting, but we are not using, you know, Corba anymore for years. So it is pointless <laughs> what you found out. And then he quit. <laughs> This was interesting. So I was really stunned. Then, then, then actually, and one developer was completely forgotten by the company. He evaluated something which you know no one could remember yeah. why. But yeah, um, yeah, exactly. back to the but, more but more but, funny stuff because uh, it, I could reinvite you, know, you back and talk, talk a little bit more oh, about sure. now and Fuji yeah. or what do you do on Fuji. This yeah. would be great because we have not enough time. But what I would really like to cover is in 2009. This is I think we covered everything to 2009. Yeah. Um, it was, I think 2009 was, you were still at Sun, yeah. right? And uh, I was constantly invited to uh, NetBeans World Tour. But World yeah. Tour for me is uh, impossible because I have clients, I cannot just you know, do a World Tour. So what I can do is near somewhere. And uh, the only thing which was left was Poland. Mm. And I said, okay, cool. Uh, I, I just check, you know, the flight to Posen is no problem. It's like, you know, one hour. And then you said, no problem, because we can take a car from Posen mm to uh, Gdansk and yeah. uh, we, we will handle for you and you only need a flight back from Gdansk to uh, to Munich or wherever. And so we did it. So we delivered the first talk in Posen. And by the way, I still get emails on sometimes, you know, that people remember you and us in the NetBeans World Tour, which was just a unique, uh, uh, this was like two hours talking. And uh, I still know the, the developers come to me and say, look, back then um, there was uh, on podcast, Lucas Lennart, he's maintainer from Struts 2 right now. Mm -hmm. He attended also the NetBeans yeah. World Tour. Yes, yes, yes. I remember that. Yeah. He, he's a friend of uh, Carol Harrisluck, who was the, the guy who was driving yeah, us, if you remember. He, uh, he was a kamikaze driver, the Carol. I said, we will never <laughs> made it. He was like, a, he, he rent a BMW, whatever, and he was no full gas through entire Poland at night, what I remember. So, and we... <clears throat> So and and so we delivered the first talk in Posen, which went well, as I remember. Except you, of course, because your experiment with Linux never worked. So you 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 never managed to connect, you know, with HDMI. So I was 
I was pretty sure today it will never work because uh, you won't be able, you know, to compile your Linux kernel in, in order to talk to me. So I was like, okay, well, let's see what happens with, with, with Heltian. And then <laughs> it was pre-iPhone and you had a kind of a smartphone. I don't know what it was, yes. but there was not, in, was not enough, you know, not enough bandwidth to, uh, to yeah. see where we are. So we only saw a line. It was blue or green. And you say we have to follow the green line, middle in Poland, middle nowhere. So and we you know yeah. drove from Posen to Gdańsk and then I booked the hotel completely somewhere else and but I was so tired I say I I, I don't care I will just cancel everything I will you know uh, stay with you uh, that night so there was uh, Anton Apple you and yes. Carol and Anton started yeah. I think bioinformatics or whatever so we had a conversation you know yeah. about aging in the car this was you know the craziest the craziest you know uh, uh, event ever and uh, in Danzig, uh, we actually uh, delivered, this was university, I remember. So you did your, you know, NetBeans RCP. I did my enterprise stuff. And there was some Gradle, I remember, with uh, Anton. And um, and the uh -huh. professor wanted to talk to, with us. And this was the ride through Poland. And without, you know, there's a kind of Google Maps. Because there was, and, and, and you're just, who are you, you know? Just follow, you know, the blue line. And the color went like crazy. So I remember we couldn't leave, you know, Posen because he always drove too fast. So we do two rounds around, you know, the city. And then yeah, we yeah. moved, you know, towards towards Danzig. Yeah, it was it was like on this, it was on the phone and, and the Google Maps beneath the line was not there for some reason. And there was just yeah. the line without yeah. the map. And so, and Carl Harris, like he was now at JFrog, ah. by the way. Um, he, was at, he was at Oracle a long time. And actually... Um, after the transition to Oracle, Carl worked on moving the NetBeans Windows system into JDeveloper. Okay. So, so, so if if you have a very nice snappy Windows and JDeveloper, it's thanks to Carl Harris Lock. He was now a JFrog, but he was the kamikaze driver, <laughs> and um, and and I didn't know him before that at all. But uh, but after that trip, we really knew each other really well, <laughs> and I kept on and I, and I had this. It was like a game, like this this phone yep. in my hand. And he was just driving really fast, and then I would see that that the line would would go yeah. wrong <laughs> because we'd gone past the 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 current turn off that we had to take. But I, I was pretty convinced yeah, was there would be a crash <laughs> because I remember he overtook other cars <laughs> from you know from yeah. they came you know car, everyone was already you know flashing at us and he he didn't care he was like you know the the kamikaze driver the taxi driver from the movie he went I don't know how fast but it was always full gas with the BMW. Right. Uh, there's, a, there's a significant part of the Java ecosystem that would not have happened yeah. <laughs> if things had turned out <laughs> the way they should. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> and now I tell you what you probably don't know. So um, I was invited to the university again in Danzig. So I booked a flight okay. and uh, I was uh, on the airplane and there was a, a, a discussion about microservices. It was a maybe, okay. maybe it was eight years later or something like this. <clears throat> and uh, and now I hear, you no, know, the pilot says, uh, we have a problem, well, it's a very small one, because in Danzig there is a fog. And uh, we cannot land in Danzig, but there is no problem. We can land in Posen. And I hit Posen again, right? So he, we landed in Posen. And say, there's no problem, buses will come immediately. And we, we, we will pick by buses and drove to, uh, drive to Danzig. And I said, um, and I say, I don't believe it that it can happen that fast because I mean there was a you know. Uh, and then I ask uh, at um, at the uh, airport, uh, what's up? Can we? Where are the buses? And it's like we don't even know who to, whom to ask. Forget it. You know, this takes hours. So I picked a taxi driver 
this was from the last the last ta- the last taxi driver in the queue, you know, to arrange better price. And I see, drive me to Gdansk to Danzig, and he said, mm. "Oh God, to, I, I never left Posen. So I don't care. Go, go." And he had a small mm. smartphone without a keyboard, <laughs> and he said, "You know, Google, drive me to Danzig." And the and and the phone, I don't understand, you know. And and I say, okay. I have a phone, don't care. I had Google Maps already. So this was like you know, with iPhone and everything, right? And we drove to dancing and the guy was afraid to drive fast. So it was exactly the opposite of, of Carol, you know? He drove <laughs> like 80 see, with, a, with, with, with a car. And, um, and I say, why we drove, you know, so slow? And he say, drive so slow. It's like, yeah, because I have the taxi sign on the roof. I said, okay, but what's, what's the deal with the taxi sign? It's like, yeah, this is magnetically attached. I cannot drive faster than 90. So we will lose it. It's like, okay, then just, you know, we, we will just store it, you know, in the trunk. But he was too afraid to leave, you know, the main road. And it's because he, <laughs> he, he didn't want it to cross, you know, the straight line. So we had to wait it, wait until it ends. And um, it was a, a cemetery. So at the cemetery at night, you know, we, we picked up the light. And this was the story like this. It was never ending story. I came too late. But from the taxi, there was the prof, the same prof, I think, we talked at the NetBeans Day, and I dictated him what to do, you know, to prepare the audience for my microservice talk. So he installed everything, installed the NetBeans and Java, and then I came in in the last minute and delivered a talk about, you know, with NetBeans, of course, and microservices with Java E. So almost, you know, the the history repeated. And back then, it was still fog. I had to rent a car. Drive to Warsaw, of Warsaw, and from Warsaw I got a flight. So this was the story, you know, eight years later, with NetBeans, the it's same amazing. university, almost very similar situation. <laughs> also a Polish driver, just like yeah. Carol. But this was the opposite of Carol. <laughs> yeah. Great. What I would say, we should meet again, and we can have uh, some discussion. We're doing right we now should. with Fuji because you're still involved with Java, right? That's right. Yeah, in a big way. And much bigger than I was so the, in the last the, tell year. Tell us very Java. briefly, one minute, what are you doing right now? And I will re-invite you back. Java.net 2.0. Oh, very good. So you remember Java.net and, and Sun Microsystems, you know, community platform for all things Java. We're doing the same thing with Fuji. This is, what is the, the, the uh, URL? Um, Fuji, um, F-O-O-J-A-Y.io. Mm-hmm. And it stands for Friends of OpenJDK. Ah. So if you're using the OpenJDK in any way, you're friends of OpenJDK. If you're a friend of OpenJDK, then you have tips and insights and blogs and podcasts and events. There's an events calendar. You want to see what the latest fixes are. We have all the latest fixes. There's quarterly releases. No one knows what's in there, but you can find all the information on yeah, Fuji. Great. And uh, you are on Twitter as well, right? Yes. What, well, yeah, what's right. the handle? Fuji. Fuji.io on Twitter. So if and your personal Twitter handle? My personal Twitter handle, Gertjan W. G E E R T J A. Do you still have a blog? Now it's a little bit more secure? No. Well, Fuji. Fuji is where I blog. So then, you know, see you in future. So thank you. It was fun, you know, to remember the old days. It was. Bye.